This weekly broadcast is presented to you by Cornerstone Bible Center, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you subscribe to this podcast, please send us an email at in-depth-bible-teaching at yahoo.com. And now, here's our teacher, Alex Del Percio. Verse 2, where it says, If a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it be a carcass of an unclean beast, uh, or a carcass of an unclean animal, etc., uh, why was that unclean, or why would that make them unclean? Who did not get the answer to that? Okay, anybody else didn't get the answer to that? Okay, if you didn't get the answer to that, then you need to get the CD of last week's uh, lesson, because as I was teaching, I gave the answer. All right? So get the CD, and you can go over it, and you'll see the answers in there. And I, I did that so you know, for a reason. Okay. Could you tell my slide, Jan? Or Dave, thanks. It's really loud. Huh? Okay. Now, we're going to leave off the offerings. Um, we're finished with those. And the normal progression would be to go to chapter 8 and 9, which we'll probably do in a couple of weeks. And that deals with the priests. But I wanted to fast forward uh, to chapter 11 today and look at some things there um, this week and probably next week. I think I can conclude it next week. We'll see. Uh, these are the dietary laws in chapter 11, also in uh, Deuteronomy. Now, I have heard from different people, and in particular one individual that I used to work with all the time, uh, who was a Christian, and he would quote some of the things from chapter 11 dealing with the dietary laws in support of his uh, being a, a vegetarian, saying, well, you see how God laid the laws out here that you shouldn't eat uh, you know, pork and these other animals. And so, hence, he concluded that, that all meat was bad. Then you have the other uh, train of thought, where people say that, that these laws have all passed away and none of them apply to us today. Now, I think both of those views miss the real point that God wants to bring out in chapter 11. Now, in chapter 11, we're going to see, hopefully, how the Lord lays things there for us to teach us spiritual truth and spiritual principles that can apply to us today. As it is with the entire Old Testament, and you hear these people say this all the time, that these are not applicable to us today, but there, are, there is so much hidden in the Old Testament that is true as true can be for today, stuff that's beyond the written page, beyond the story that's there. And God hides truth 
that way for a reason. Because only a certain heart condition will be able to see or receive certain things that are there moving underneath. Now, in chapter 3, verse 1, or excuse me, chapter 11. I was going to go to verse 3, but let's start with verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying unto them. So the Lord is saying, first of all, to Moses uh, and to Aaron, who were the leaders, the priests, the Levites, if you will. And he's going to instruct them, and they're to give this instruction to the people. Now, the reason the Lord is instructing Moses and Aaron first, turn to the, the very last verse in this chapter. It says, and we'll look at this later, probably next week, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean, and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So, in order for uh, Moses and Aaron to be clean or or walk in the way that God wants, the way of holiness, the instruction first comes to them saying, and we're going to read this, this is what you are allowed to partake of, etc. This is what you're not allowed to partake of. So first, it comes to the leaders there, so that they're able to, as it says in verse 47, to make a difference or to understand the difference, is a better way of saying it, between that which is clean and that which is unclean. So just because Moses brings this forth to the people doesn't mean it doesn't apply to him. It applies to him more so because, as it says in, um, in James 3.1, that those that are in authority, those that, that teach, they will, will require the stricter judgment. And so it first comes to Moses and Aaron, then now it's going to go out to the people. Speak unto the, the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Now, years ago, I heard a message related to this, and I heard... <clears throat> the man minister along the lines that I'm going to minister today, and it sparked an interest in me. And so I, I spent quite a bit of time <clears throat> studying these animals. I, I spent time at the library looking up these animals, and, and I'll, I'll explain to you in a little bit why, and found some very interesting things. Uh, as I said before, God hides things in His Word so that they are hidden to some, but also that they can be discovered by others. Now, in verse 3, you have the two requirements for that which they were able or allowed to eat. Whatsoever part of the hoof and is cloven-footed, first of all, and that which cheweth the cud among the beast, that shall ye eat. Now, that with which parteth the hoof, I believe that, that accurately that speaks of obedience because the hoof of the animal 
is that part that will take the animal, or it's, it's a, a um, contributing it's a part, or it's the means by which the animal will move in a direction. So that obedience will move you and I, as Christians, in a direction. Just like disobedience will move a person in a direction. So, so that which parteth the hoof is referring to uh, obedience. Now, there are Christians who do not part the hoof or they do not have the obedience in their life that they should. They will obey the Lord maybe in one thing, but if something else comes that they may not agree with or like, then their obedience there may, may be lacking. So they may obey, obey whenever it suits them, but whenever it doesn't suit them or, or whenever they think something different, then they don't want to obey. And so that is not something that a Christian or a believer is to do, they are to feed upon that which is in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. That which He comes and shows you personally, that which He is bringing to you, that which He wants from you, is that which your heart is to move toward, or a, a better way of saying it, related to the context here, is that is what you are to eat and feed upon. Not that which takes you in another direction, that which is disobedience. Now, it's interesting. Uh, this is one of the things that, that I um, found when I was studying this. It says, says those animals that don't have the split hoof, now, you know, you know animal, they, they will uh, be in an area and they will do their business and they walk around. Now, it's not like a human would, would avoid that, stepping in, you know, in waste. But an animal, they, they don't, you know, they just walk around. And, and an animal will walk and step in its waste and that waste will get stuck in the hoof and if it's not a parted hoof, it, it can impact in there and cause or tend or lead to various diseases. So, so the, relating this to obedience, obedience to God will, will cause you to move in a way that will not bring uh, spiritual disease to you personally as a Christian. So you will be able to avoid certain things just by being obedient to God. Just by, by partaking of that which has a, so to speak, split hoof. Cloven-footed. So o obedience is very, very necessary. Now, one of the things about obedience that you can see in the scriptures, and you can actually see it um, if, you, if you watch and you open your eyes, you will see this, 
that obedience divides. Uh, for example, uh, on the Sermon uh, of the Mount, when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to the multitudes, he's speaking to um, his disciples, and he's speaking to the apostles. There's, there's, there's quite a range of people there. But being obedient to what the Lord was saying will divide those there amongst the whole group. Uh, it will divide them in, in where they are spiritually. Um, in, in the book of, of Acts, Jesus, now Jesus ministered for three and a half years. And Jesus taught and preached to more than 120 people. We know the story of he, he fed the 5,000 5, men. Uh, and, and again, he fed uh, a multitude like that. And he, he, he taught going through the cities. All these people, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people came in contact with Jesus and his teaching and ministry. But only 120 go in obedience to him to the upper room and wait. Now, I thought this was very interesting because this word here in um, verse 3, uh, cloven-footed, that word means divide or divide, to divide the hoof. Okay? In the book of Acts, it says when they received the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God descended upon them in the form of a cloven tongue. And the word cloven in that verse means to divide. So even in that setting, in Acts, there was a, a division, if you will. God was dividing those from the others. Why? Because he, he loved them more? No, because of their personal obedience to Him. And so you see that particular thing flowing throughout the scriptures, uh, that obedience will divide. So you have a, a believer who uh, is moving with God, and they're walking with God. And, and, you know, if you observe, you can tell if a person is really pushing on with God. Uh, their life will testify to that. And you can also sometimes see the Christian who is sputtering and spurting and uh, there's so much going on in their life and, and they're not pressing forward for some reason or other. And many times it's because of, of personal obedience or the lack thereof in their life, which now divides. See, it divides. Uh, in, in the book of, of 1 John... It talks about fellowship. Fellowship, the basis of that is not Christians gathering together. The basis of fellowship is he that walks in the light as he is in the light has fellowship with Christ and with one another, and the blood of Christ cleanses them from all sin. So, so the basis of fellowship is not just gathering together, but the basis is you walking in the light. So that if one Christian is walking in the light, this is the same principle as what we're seeing here, if one Christian is walking in the light, 
and the other Christian is, is walking in the light some of the time, and, and others, uh, you know, they're not walking in the light that's God, that God's given them, then that very choice, if you will, divides them. Their, their obedience to the light that's brought to them will, will um, bring them together, if they're walking with God correctly, or it will divide. So it's the same thing as we're seeing here. In Romans, now in, um, in a positive sense here, parting of the hoof is meaning to partake of that which is, is clean or pure. In, in Romans chapter 6, just one scripture real quick. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants are ye whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So here you have in Romans this same thought that the obedience there moves you toward righteousness, obedience, obedience unto righteousness, or obedience will bring you into purity. See, so what you take in as a Christian throughout the week, be it pure or unpure, is manifested many times. And so he says here that we are to partake of that which is obedience to our lives. With that which God is showing us that, that we are to obey. You understanding what I'm saying here? You getting this? Okay, thank you for shaking your head. <laughs> okay, the second thing. Now, remember, there's two requirements. That's just one. Two requirements for every single thing that you take in, receive, and, and partake of. One is that parts the hoof, obedience. The second one is that which cheweth the cud. Now, who knows what ruminating means? To ruminate. To chew on something. Well, I, I sit down and I eat my supper, my dinner, I chew on something. That's true. I'm, not, uh, I'm just trying to add to what you said. I, I looked this up this morning. To chew again or to chew over and over again. Now, an ox... Now, this is, this is the information that when I looked this stuff up, is what it said. An ox has four stomachs. Now, whether it has three stomachs, four stomachs, I don't know. I've never dissected an ox, but I have to go by what, what I uh, read about an ox. It says a rock, an ox has four stomachs, and what it will do is it will eat, eat the grass, and it will chew and chew and chew and chew and swallow it. And, and I, I guess it goes to a, another stomach. I don't know. But then after so long, it stays there. And it's regurgitated. Now, we know what that word means. Okay. Then it's brought back up, and it's chewed again. And then the, the cow swallows it. 
It's a good thing we're not having a church dinner right now, right? <laughs> and then it stays in the stomach there for a while, and then it's brought back up again, and they chew on it again, and then eventually it's assimilated. Now, there's a purpose behind that, you know. See, when a cow or a sheep do the same thing, the, the, there's, a, there's quite a few animals that, that ruminate. Okay. There's a reason for that. What, what happens is when, when the animal takes that and they chew on that and, and they chew on it and they swallow it and it's, and it's regurgitated and, and that whole process there, through that process, a lot of the, the impure, the bacteria, the, the, the impure elements in uh, the food there is actually purged away and taken away. So that whenever that is done, the full uh, benefit of the nutrients and all that that that's God has placed there in in the grain, the, the, uh, the, the um, grass or whatever, is actually taken by the animal then, and it's assimilated into the animal, and that which is assimilated into the animal is, is, is pure. Uh, just like, you know, drinking tap water. You drink tap water, and then you drink a good distilled filter or filtered water, and, and you can tell the difference, can't you? I hope you can. It's the same thing in, in, in this instance here. The cow does this, or the ox, the sheep, they do this, and it brings the impurities out of the, uh, the food. All the imp impure elements are able to be passed out. They're separated there, and they're passed out uh, of the animal. So this is something now that the believer is in spirit we are to do. Remember, we're dealing here with the actual physical uh, laws that were given to the Israelites. Now, we're looking at the spiritual application to that which God has, has put in there because he hides things like this in his word throughout. You and I as believers... In the scripture, it tells us, and we're going to look at a few scriptures, I have them here written down, that we are to ruminate when it comes to God's word or when it comes to something taught, something said to you, um, when, when something comes forth and brought, is brought to you, you're not just to take that and, oh yeah, I'm going to take that and eat that and that's it. You are to hold your heart before God, just like the, this animal takes this food in its mouth and chews it and chews it and chews it and, you know, chews that over. You are to do that in spirit when it comes to spiritual things. Remember that in, in 1 John 4, 1, uh, it says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God or not. So that, that's the same thing, that you are not to believe every spirit, but you are to just hold that thing there and just, you know, chew, chew it over a little bit. And then 
see what's going on before you swallow. But I'm afraid that today, Christians swallow every stinking thing that comes down the pike, so to speak. And, you know, I remember years ago, I don't know, every, every five or ten years, you, you get this thing in Christianity where everybody's flocking to something or other. You know, years ago... In the, the churches, it was all revival, revival, revival. That's all you ever heard. We need a revival. This is revival. There's revival breaking out over here. Everybody runs over to that place. Oh, there's revival up here in Duquesne University. And everybody runs up over there. Okay, and then, then you, you move five or ten years down the road, and then there's some other thing going on in a lot of the churches. Now, just because somebody says there's revival, or just because, okay, now all these churches here are getting involved with this intercessory prayer thing. You know, prayer, 24-hour prayer watch, you know. That doesn't mean that because a bunch of Christians are doing something, oh, I saw it on TV, it must be true. Oh, Lord, help me. You're not to take that thing in and let it become a part of you. No, you have to ruminate, people, you have to chew that thing over and over again. And this is a spiritual thing so that God can show you what is going on. But, you know, with Christians, they, they just take it in. And that's probably why they have some of the problems that they have. If these two elements are moving in your life as a Christian where you are obeying, splitting the hoof, you're, there's obedience there, and there is a, a rumination or a chewing of the cud or a pondering of the word, then you will be bringing to your heart and life that which is pure, that, that will become a part of you. And it, I am of the, the belief that if, if Christians were to do this very thing, just, just the one thing, the, the, the rumination, the, the pondering, that alone would take out many of the impurities of their life, the, the different things that, that affect them, the different things that they have to come and have prayer for over and over and over and over and over and over again, those things would be, be taken away just by this chewing of the cud to where the, the impure stuff is filtered out, it's taken out. And that which is pure now is assimilated, and the assimilation of that which is pure will produce, in time, a pure uh, heart, a pure, per, a pure, you know, person. See, so, you know, a lot of the things that were involved there that caused the problem, they're gone now. They're, they're out the drought. You know, they're just gone. Psalm 143.5, you don't have to turn there. David says this, I meditate on all thy works, I muse on the works of thy hand. See, why was he doing that? I always tell uh, my Bible school students, when I give them assignments for, um, 
uh, the classes that were, were you know, being taught at that time, I always tell them, no speed reading. I'll give them one or two chapters in two translations, and I tell them, read one verse and stop. This isn't a novel, people. You can take a speed reading course, but that's not going to help you as far as biblical truth in Revelation. Take one verse and read it and stop. Go to the next verse, read it, and stop and ponder that thing for a little bit. And then if the Lord opens it up, then you will you know, receive something. If not, just put it aside and keep on going. And you'll be surprised at the, at the things that God can show an individual just by reading the Word that way. Chewing the cud. Just taking your time. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes to, um, to Mary... And, and, and says that she's going to uh, be overshadowed and she's going to conceive. It says that, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. Well, what was she doing? See, she was just meditating upon that, chewing that. Mm, I don't understand it, but I'm just, you know, pondering it. Proverbs 4.26 Ponder the path of thy feet, and let thy ways be established. I like that. Ponder the path of thy feet. You. And let thy ways be established. So you have this dual application here. Both of these have to be moving or another way to say this is anything that you take in as a Christian and feed upon that's going to go in you must have both of these elements, not just one, because we'll see that there are some animals that chewed the cud, but they didn't part the hoof. And God said they're unclean. And there were some that parted the hoof, but they didn't chew the cud. And God says, they're unclean. So that which you take in personally as a Christian, that which comes to you, for that to go in and be assimilated properly to bring about the purity that God desires, both of these elements must be present. You have to have the obedience there, that's, that's there in that, and you must meditate or ruminate, ruminate, <laughs> ruminate, ruminate, whatever, chewing that, you know. It has to be there. Okay, let's move down here to um, verse 4. Now, as I said earlier, I, I spent some time going over, I don't know if I did all, these, all the animals or not, but I did the majority of them. And we're not going to look at all these. We're going to look at some ne next week uh, also. But it's very interesting, whenever you, you study some of the animals, you start to see certain characteristics that come out. 
Now, the point here is that the animal has a characteristic that is not to be a part of you as a Christian. That's the, the entire point. So eventually I'm going to make a list of these when I finally redo my notes to be translated. And if you're interested in a list of these, you can get to let me know. But the next one on the list here, uh, let's read verse 3 again. Whatsoever parteth the hoof and is cloven-footed and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. See, so, so again, that is the one, those are the ones you are to eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that cheweth the cud or them that divide the hoof as the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but he divideth not the hoof, he is unclean. Now, there are probably three or four different characteristics of a camel. Now, I'll give you two of them. One of them is that they're very uh, obstinate. Now, I had something here on that. But I, just a second, stop there a minute. I remember, as a younger Christian, uh, being involved in a church, you know, j just saved, not too long. And being there, and <clears throat> there was a lot going on in the church. Uh, there was a division in the church. And they had this congregational meeting. And <clears throat> the pastor was up front. And there were, they started the congregational meeting. And some of the individuals and some of the leaders uh, of the church got up and they started accusing this pastor of stupid stuff. It was ridiculous. And I, I, I was excited. I was a young Christian, and I, I knew right away that some of this stuff just wasn't right. I was shocked to see how obstinate some of these people were when the pastor said, no, this is what happened, this is the way this was, and, and it, it was something was so you know, minor, it was really stupid to even accuse him of, but they wanted to remove him, was the point. But some of these people were so obstinate in, in their uh, spirit and how they were, were coming out in this meeting at the pastor. Well, one of the reasons was that they were feeding upon that which they shouldn't have fed upon. The camel meat. Somewhere along the line, maybe years prior, I don't know, uh, or maybe some of these people were just in, in some hidden sin that God wanted to deal with, that they weren't allowing Him to deal with, whatever the case was. They... Somehow, somewhere, along the line of their life there, they were feeding upon that meat which God did not want them to feed upon. And that particular characteristic there comes out in the individual. 
See, so that's a characteristic that you and I as Christians should not have as our character. That should not be a part of our character. That we are obstinate. That we are, are like the camel. Um, now, the, the main characteristic seen, I believe, uh, with the camel, other than being obstinate, is that they are angry. Now, this is very interesting. It says here, and I'm actually taking this word for word. It says, camels have been known to appear docile one minute, and the next minute spit, bite, or kick. So, you know, as soon as something happens, I guess you yank on them too hard or whatever, right away they're spitting and kicking and, and what have you. See, that, that is a characteristic there. And I believe it's the characteristic of, of, of anger that, that is displayed there in that particular animal. Uh, now, God says that because they do not divide the hoof, they are unclean. So, so what's that, what that's telling you is that there's something uh, there with that animal that does not meet the requirement that God said as far as partaking of that. So that particular characteristic should not be in the Christian. Anger is not to be a part of your character. If it is, God will deal with that, and he will try to change that. He will try to uh, take you off of that, whatever's feeding that, whatever, whatever you're partaking of during the week or whatever, that is, is feeding that particular thing, that characteristic. God is saying that that must not be something that you as a believer continue to take in. See, because that's going to bring an unfavorable characteristic or response from you as a Christian. So that those who were partaking, as I said in this meeting, of spiritually partaking of this camel, this meat, they took on an ungodly characteristic. See, because there was not the obedience, it didn't, they, the camel does not split the hoof. So there is not the obedience there that will bring about the true character of Christ in the individual. And so the manifestation of that characteristic comes out sometime, whenever, eventually. And that shows that that person is feeding upon something that isn't good and that is unclean, and that feeding will cause them to be unclean. It's interesting, in Leviticus 8, I think it's 8, uh, where you have the consecration of the priests, that whole thing could not come to... 
the place it was supposed to come to, the fruition of that, uh, the consecration, if they had partaken of an, an unclean animal. So, so that blocked their consecration. So what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that if I, as a Christian, feed upon things that uh, are not to be fed upon, that that's going to affect my consecration to God. I can come up to this altar 50 times a year, and that's not going to do it. See, what am I feeding upon? You know, am I feeding upon things that, that are bringing impurity into my life? Am I feeding upon something that uh, has come down the road, and I say, oh, that's, that's, I think that's all right, that's fine, I take that in. Oh, this Christian told me it was okay, so I take that in. What, what am I feeding upon, personally? Well, that will affect my character. So in spirit, we are not to eat of anger or this, this camel meat. Now you see this with Cain. Let me just uh, read this real quick. But unto Cain and to his offering, God did not have respect. And Cain was very angry. He was angry. See, Cain's diet was not what it should have been. He was feeding upon things that were unclean. That is why this thing comes up in his life and his heart toward God. He's unclean. See, it wasn't just what he brought. The animal, not the animal, but like Abel brought the animal, he brought the fruit of the ground. It wasn't just that. It was the heart, the uncleanness that was there that was bringing that. Jonah 4.1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Verse 4, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Well, what do you think Jonah was feeding upon? See, Jonah hated the Ninevites, and he actually may have had good reason to, because they were such a brutal people. The things that they did as conquerors, was the epitome of brutality toward man. But God is willing to forgive the Ninevites, but because of Jonah, something that happened there, he couldn't get past that thing, and he couldn't forgive the Ninevites, and, and, and he feeds upon that, he feeds upon that camel, so to speak, and he becomes very angry, and he does not want the Ninevites to repent, and he, he wants God to destroy them. Huh. James and John say, Lord, call fire down from heaven. He says, you don't know what spirit you're of. What have you been eating? Turn to Colossians 3, verse 8. And now ye also put off all these... And the first one he says is anger, just like that's the first unclean animal that you see in Leviticus 11. 
anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not uh, to one another, uh, seeing that, that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So the command here to, to Moses, the command to Aaron, and the command that flows down to the people is that you need to watch what you eat. Two elements must be present. The camel, don't eat of anger. Spiritually, don't partake of that. Okay, if it's a part of you, then allow the Lord to deal with it. He will, and He will take that out. Now, just, just in, in closing, remember now in Scripture... The camel can serve a purpose. Remember, the camels brought Rebekah to Isaac. See, so they, they serve a purpose. <laughs> Just don't eat them. Let them bring what they want, but don't eat them because they're unclean. It will produce that which is unclean in your life. Now, I'll say this and we'll close. We didn't get too far. Whenever you see Jesus dealing with the Pharisees, one of the characteristics that you see, there are, there are several prominent characteristics. One of them that I see is the Pharisees come to Jesus many times in, in anger. See, see, that is because they were feeding spiritually upon camel meat. Now, they, they physically, in the natural, they were uh, obeying the Levitical laws, I believe. Their religious system, they, they obeyed. Oh, you can't eat anything that's, you know, unclean. And they probably didn't. But yet, that which is supposed to be moving spiritually in those religious leaders was not moving. It, rather, they were eating camel meat spiritually, and they come at Jesus in that spirit, the spirit of anger. And God says, you're, uh, you're obeying the, the letter of the law, but... The spirit of the thing, you're not, and basically you're unclean. Jesus told them that. He said, you're concerned about the outside of the cup, and the inside is dirty. I'm paraphrasing. They're keeping the Levitical laws on the outside, the outside of the cup, but on the inside, they were unclean. They're concerned about the outside, not concerned about the inside. Why was that? See, because what they were feeding upon affected their character. And the character seen with the Pharisees was the result of that which they were spiritually feeding upon. So we'll stop there and we'll continue on, on next week with uh, some of the other animals there and give you a little bit of flavor for what not to eat.
Living. 